trash about the things we love hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt we are back there might be not no news to talk about this week but we are back yeah yeah i mean uh silver lining this is like the first time in four weeks that we haven't had a story revolving around the slap so, yes will gross. smith i think it's finally over maybe <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yeah um but yeah slow news week for sure i I really don't know even where to start because it's all just kind of mm, middling. <laughs> yeah, we're really uh, grasping at straws. The, everything I'm bringing to the table is I like, guess, is this a story? I don't know. It's Coachella, something. Coachella happened. Right. That's, uh, I have that. <laughs> Coachella's there. Coachella is happening. Coachella. Currently. Um, uh, Kanye was supposed to headline and he dropped out like 11 days before. And so then it fell to um, uh, Sw- Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> classic and the weekend which you know good for him i haven't heard anything about those performances the ones i have seen more about is obviously harry styles um love a sparkly you know jumper he looks great sounded great tiktok loves him i don't know how i got on harry styles tiktok because i don't like i don't like listen I, I wouldn't call myself like a huge fan. Like I don't, I don't know a ton of his stuff, but he is like a very charming guy and he seems like a fun guy to watch perform. And he was having a blast and brought out Shania Twain, which I love for me because I too grew up just obsessed with Shania Twain. So that was a, that was a bonding moment for me and Harry. I am always like slightly confused as to like I saw Harry Styles like running around with a trans flag. He was wearing like this rainbow sequined like jumpsuit mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are we? Like, what? Mm. Are we, what are we attempting to say here? You know. Interesting. Like, Do you feel like it's queer baby? I feel like it is a little bit. Mm. And I, but I don't. But like, also Harry Styles feels sort of like a yeah. queer entity. So I'm like, maybe he's just private. But I'm sort of like, if we're going to be making all of these references to things and sort of, you know, like hinting at stuff, like, I feel like we've passed the point where, like, like you have, you need to say something about something if you're going to keep like going back to this well. Yeah. So I just saw a headline. Here's why you need to stop accusing Harry Styles of queer baby. <laughs> oh, okay. What did it say? <laughs> um. I think it's the idea that it's not pandering. It's more celebrating his own gender. Like he, he's like wearing frilly stuff and girly stuff. So it's less about like waving flags. I think it's more about getting mad that he's wearing dresses or something. I don't know. I just started reading this. I just Googled is Harry queer because <laughs> I didn't want to miss some story. But I think he might just be like gender fluid or something. or And so I don't know why. So I don't know. It is interesting though. But I feel like he seems like such an ally that it doesn't feel as like pandering. And, and you know what I mean? Like if, if suddenly 
I'm trying to think of even like a straight artist who I'd be like, why are you doing this suddenly? But that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously not bad necessarily because yes, he is clearly an ally and, you know, a lot of people in the queer community really like him a lot. Um, I guess I just like, if that's what he's doing and he just wants to be an ally, I wish that he would say that. Right. Yeah. Instead, it's sort of like we don't know what's going on and not that we need to know everything about every single person, but like queer baiting is obviously a thing where you sort of pretend to be queer or like just refuse to answer the questions um, in hopes that like queer people will sort of be into you and will, you know, give you their money via Mm -hmm. buying things. Because, you know, if Harry Styles said, oh, no, I am straight. I only date women. There would definitely be some people in the gay community who were less into that i think Mm. and so there you sort of like keep all of your options open so that everybody like gives you money i don't know it's a weird thing but yes harry styles is at coachella (laughs) he is the one who like i feel like has gotten the most press so far out of this but i think a lot of that press has come from the fact that like of queer things Mm. like he's you know like I, I, the, yeah, no, Shania I didn't Twain see and the queer I did stuff. see the Shania Twain stuff. So <laughs> maybe, I, I mean, my TikTok, I'm sure, is different my... than yours. But yes, yeah, so it was like him running around stage with a trans flag, him in the like rainbow sequin thing where the I two mean, like. Ch- so I'm curious because like the trans flag, it doesn't seem out of nowhere because there is so much anti trans legislation going on in yes. the U.S. But it is kind of weird that he wouldn't say something and just expects people to like, I don't know. It, right. Kind of read it's into like, it. It's just like lack of communication. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. We need a little yeah. more communication. I can see that. I can see that. Um, Billie Eilish is also performing there, which I've seen less of, except I did see that she's like, she's, a, <laughs> she's an interesting character to me. I also am not like a huge fan. Not that that means I hate her stuff. It's just I haven't like, gotten into her music but i saw her being like oh my gosh why am i even here i should not be headlining this she's the youngest headliner in coachella's history um so congrats to her she she seems very surprised by the success she's had which you know great that that makes sense it it she's only had two albums is she on her second album Hmm. with people nowadays it's so hard to tell because (laughs) You know, it's just two albums and the No Time to Die single. Um, but she also closed it by saying, I'm sorry, I'm not Beyonce. So it's <laughs> just like funny to see this very like Gen Z, like, like this sort of like self-depreciation. Whereas I feel like millennials have been like shoved into this, this like, oh, my gosh, like affirmations. You need to love yourself, like positive, toxic positivity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that <laughs> it's funny to see someone use their, you know, a headline was like, uh, Billie Eilish says she doesn't belong here, doesn't belong on the stage as she's headlining the stage, you know? And it's just like, it's this funny, like, I don't know if it would be imposter syndrome or she's just kind of sheepish or playing down, like, or self-deprecating. Like, I don't know. It's just like funny to imagine being at a concert for someone and having them be like, whoa, guys, shucks, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's like all part of her like shtick though. I mean, not that it's just shtick, but like I think that's part of her personality that she's mm-hmm. like, this is weird. Like, what's going on? I did see 
she got she got some well her brother Phineas got some heat on uh Taylor Swift uh, like Swifties <laughs> Swifties oh, gosh, Twitter what happened there because she had a guest come um who she invited Damon Albarn who is the nope. guy who went fame who went viral for saying Taylor Swift doesn't write her own stuff and like dug in his heels and was like, no, she doesn't. Like Billie Eilish is her own thing, but hey, Taylor Swift is trash, basically. And Taylor Swift responded, and he had to apologize. And it was this whole thing where it's like, who are you? Like, when who's was listening this? to Gorillas? Oh, you the don't guy remember? From gorillas. This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, yes, 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 yes. Gorillas, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So just a few months ago, I think. So, anyways, Billie Eilish, who he had cited as one of his favorites, invites her him to come out and perform during um, Coachella, which is fine or whatever. Except Phineas is heard. Either on a hot mic or kind of jokingly saying it, knowing he's being recorded, saying, oh, we're going to get sued by Taylor Swift. <laughs> and so some Swifties were mad that Billy even dared to bring him to this, to bring Damon on stage. But other people were mad that Phineas is like, you spoke out in support of Taylor Swift when she tweeted this, but now you're making a joke about how she's going to sue you for like, for having Damon on. And I don't think it's that deep. It seems more like he's making a joke i yeah, don't know it's just like, like a, a funny joke. reference yeah <laughs> uh, but that's the that's the only drama i've seen around. i mean Billy. the swifties love to take something just far too seriously <laughs> so yes that makes sense that somebody with a 12 year old somewhere is upset um yeah <laughs> i have so demeaning of taylor's audience we're not all just 12 year olds matthew yes, yes the two 30 year olds who have a <laughs> podcast and then the 12 year olds um no i'm sure that there's plenty of 15 year olds <laughs> 14 year olds 11 year olds who are also into taylor swift um i am always fascinated by the coachella like lineup system and sort of like who gets mm. put on the main stage, who's on one of the other stages, who's a headliner, who's not, because it always seems like somewhat out of order to me of the people, <laughs> you know? You're like, what is Swedish Mafia doing here? Well, it's the Swedish House Mafia and the weekend, and it's like, well, yeah. isn't like the draw there the weekend? Yeah. Not Swedish House Mafia? Or is Swedish House Mafia like. Is it a weekend concert that the Swedish House Mafia is just there for? Like, what's that combination, well, I, mean, I guess? Do they have like, an album? They have a Do heavy, have like, electric EDM, like, vibe at Coachella, don't they? I feel like they have tons of headliners that are more in that space than just straight pop. I'm not sure. So I, I feel like they're... <laughs> it's not, like, a music I'm into, but I think they're a big enough name that it makes sense that they're, like there and it's not just like a the weekend gives 10 minutes to them like i feel like oh i get the weekend was the he- a headliner in 2018 with beyonce and eminem mm. interesting yeah i don't know none of it appeals to me and i tried to like get onto the coachella fashion like talks because i wanted to see what people were wearing but it all just seems so like ugh. I don't know. Uninteresting now. Like everyone's done it. You know, once we saw um what's his face in assless chops, it's like how do we chop this? You know, like what are we doing here? It's not <laughs> It's, it's not sort of about fumbled. like who can wear the least amount of clothes in sort of a like um desert bohemian way. Yeah. But it's like everyone it's just so tried and done. You know, it's like everyone's wearing the same thing. It's bralettes and like 
and, and now this year it's more crochet but last year it was like fringe it's just like even the celebrities who went I'm like this is boring we've seen you do this every year I don't know why I want a theme but I do I want them to go full Met Gala and just like force a theme on the event <laughs> Coachella also seems miserable to me because there's like no infrastructure there it's the middle of the desert out by joshua tree and Mm. there's not it's just in the middle of nowhere so they go out there and they build all of the stuff and they have this music festival but it's not like there's a lot of hotels and things around so either you have to trek in every day or you're like sleeping in a tent (laughs) I, i just it seems like a massive tourist trap all of these influencers are there i I started noticing that a couple of the sort of like influencers that I follow who are European were all in Los Angeles the last couple of weeks. And I was like, this is like, did, did like a border just open or something that all of these people are coming in? And then this week they've all been at Coachella and I'm like, ah, okay. Um. Yes. This, this tracks everybody who's an influencer goes to Coachella. I think that Coachella is like the influencer oh, event. Yeah. Well, there was this huge Revolve party. Revolve is like, yes, uh, I don't know. They want every brand hosts like a Coachella party where people go and like do like vitamin C IV drips or whatever and <laughs> poses with their flower crowns. But Revolve decided to throw this huge party invite only for a bunch of influencers and had it outside of the Coachella like I don't know, set area. And so they had to be bussed there. And all these influencers got really mad and started pretending that they too were living through the fire fest because the buses were delayed and they like had long waits and they were getting hot and everyone was getting cranky. And there were like safety issues because people were being idiots and trying to like storm buses or, or force their way past people in line. So it turned into this mess that people were trying to pretend were this huge scandal. And it's like, guys, let's remember Fire Festival was like a literal crime. Like it was like it robbed people of financial money. It trapped them on a dangerous island without protection overnight. Like, I don't think these influencers know exactly um, what what trauma is, what a struggle You might have is, had to you know? suck someone off for bottled water. <laughs> yeah. You never know. The... Well, I think influencers are used to attending events that do have influencers at them, but also have like non-influencer people. So to attend an event where it is only influencers, then all of a sudden makes you just a normal person. (laughs) So you have to, you know, abide by normal people rules instead of influencer rules. Yes. And they were not happy to have that. They did not enjoy it at all. Revolve is canceled until next Coachella. Until two weeks from now when we get, you know, look at my Revolve haul. I'm so excited to show you. Uh, This is not an ad, but they did send me $700 worth of clothing for free. Yeah. And also, yeah, I just felt like it was boring this year. I don't know what it is. I might just be like dead inside a little bit, but it was just like nothing here is interesting. But um, better news. um, I think we've managed as a society to cancel uh fantastic beasts <laughs> yes i think so we pulled it off we did it joe um because obviously the third one has come out this this last week um 
And the they had a, a heavy door. marketing budget, I will yes. say. This was not something that they were trying to bury. Like, I saw ads for it all over the place, on TV, on buses. Like, oh, this yeah. was not a, oh, we're contractually obligated, but, you know, we're letting it out secretly kind of thing. Yeah. No, they were trying. They they wanted to save it. Because Warner Brothers doesn't have a lot going on for it. It's like this and DC. And I think they really expected, obviously, when they got Harry Potter, like, a huge hit, they wanted it to continue to be their like tentpole item, their, their franchise. And so they allowed JK Rowling to make this a five part series, like to plan for it to be a five movie, five film franchise instead of like a traditional three or something. Mm -hmm. And so obviously every year it's just, it's just had worse and worse returns. One, because it started as a movie that's about like cute creatures and like, Oh, a quirky nerdy magician who's like, you know sort of getting in over his head but it's not that deep and then suddenly the second one which we talked about was like so weird so so strangely dark and yet uninteresting and like oh nazi wizards like i don't know what we're going for here and so then you also have the added controversies that have just been plaguing this ever since which from jk rowling's transphobia to johnny depp getting axed after his um mess with Amber Heard. Um, now Ezra Miller is just like uh, haunting this yes. scene as like a horrific hire. They wrote off one of the main characters because she spoke out against J.K. Rowling and so she's not in this one suddenly. And um, it just hasn't been going very well. It, it made like 43 domestic, 43 million domestic, um, which is significantly Wait, which main character lower. is not in it? The girl the main, with like the, the main tight girl? bob, yeah, the blonde one or the dark haired one? No, 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 one? the dark haired one. Oh, so yeah, like the uh, Allison Waterston or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. Did you end up watching it for work? I or didn't. Something? Oh, okay, I yeah. I tried to get into a screening, but it was too late, I guess, and I wasn't about to give J.K. Rowling any money, so I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna wait and bootleg it once it's yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing is we've talked about how weird it is that. You know, J.K. Rowling, when Harry Potter came out, after it was finished publishing, made a big fuss about like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we can see. We saw all the signs there, even though you didn't explicitly say it. And this is this is queer baiting, okay? <laughs> because she's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely gay. He's 100% gay. She has an opportunity then to base an entire film franchise around this relationship um, with Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And instead of, you know, doing what she should have done in Harry Potter and like proving her point that he was in fact gay, she's just kept it completely implied and very, very, very thinly drawn. And so there was a lot of talk around this one being the moment because it's called The Secrets of Dumbledore, where it'll finally be explicit and it'll be a gay romance. And <laughs> and turns out it was it was explicit for exactly six seconds that they were then able to slice out neatly so that it could air in the Chinese market as well. So I don't know if we count that as like truly um, uh, gay uh, love, you know? <laughs> the whole franchise has just been cursed because when <laughs> the first Fantastic Beast movie came out, it did pretty well. It was... Mm -hmm very separate from the Harry Potter entity. It was yeah. set in the U.S. And sure, at that point, J.K. Rowling was maybe saying some sort of weird things and, you know, she was in doing the, like, oh, this is how wizards pooped and some of those kind of comments. Uh, but I don't think she had, like, fully unleashed all of her 
horribleness yet. And people liked the movie. It was entertaining. But I think in between the time that the first movie came out and the second movie came out, they realized that the Fantastic Beasts franchise didn't have quite as much oomph in it as the Harry Potter franchise did, obviously. And so that they wanted, like I think Star Wars has done this as well, to rely a little bit more on cameos and such from people from the original franchise to get people excited for the new franchise Mm -hmm. because people did not want to see the new franchise completely separately. And so the second movie is coming out with a lot more Harry Potter references. The story feels a little muddled and also JK Rowling is getting worse at her stuff. Also, you have the Johnny Depp thing at that point. So it just feels like they sort of like took a different direction from maybe where they were planning on after the first movie was written. And then I think since the second one did so poorly and they, Uh, J.K. Rowling has gotten so much worse and now there's lots of people who are just, you know, boycotting her or are uninterested or don't want to see this one because the last one was so bad, they don't care. That they really swerved heavily into the Harry Potter-ness of it all. They put Dumbledore in the heading. All of the marketing was sort of like returning to Hogwarts, Mm -hmm. like Harry Potter, very specific, I think, to try to reach that audience. But I don't think that audience is still there and I don't think it's coming back. And this movie did not do great at the box office. There's supposedly going to be five films in this franchise, but Warner Brothers said that the fourth and fifth films uh, would be greenlit only subject on the critical and financial success of the third one. So I'm thinking it might be not happening at this point. Yeah, that's the rumor is that because it hasn't been written, it hasn't been greenlit, and they were waiting to see how how this one shook out. And I heard that the last bit of the movie kind of feels patched together as if they wanted to make it um, feel completed. If this were to be the last, Uh (laughs) the last film. So um, yeah, it seems unlikely we'll get it one because it just isn't like, even aside from all the scandals, it's just not interesting to people. Um, But I, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the Harry Potter I don't know, franchise going forward. Like, will they be able to pull off a Cursed Childs movie? I hope not because that story is so stupid. Um, is there but, a plan for that right so now? So there is a director who really wanted to do it and was like in talks, but I don't know if anything official ever happened. Because right now there's a Harry Potter store in New York that, you know, sells all of the merch and stuff that I that does pretty well. There's always a long line out that. I think that the Harry Potter amusement park in, oh, yeah. in Florida does well. Um, and I'm sure that the books are continuing to sell and that the original set of movies are. I don't know if they can launch a, no- a whole nother IP off of this. Yeah. I feel like they're sort of just like stuck with what they got because even the play they've shrunk from a two night <laughs> thing to a one night thing because I think it was hard for them to get fill up the seats for two nights in a row. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would love for it to just fade away. Maybe one day in the, in like 20 years, someone will make like an animated show of the books because I think that would do good. Um, speaking of the play and Broadway, I, there's <laughs> this like a funny story. So obviously, 
for the last couple of months that Broadway has been open, there has been all of these cases of COVID that are, you know, spreading around the world. And so these shows have to keep sort of like opening and closing. There's always various understudies on because if you test positive for COVID, you obviously can't be in the show for however many days. And so, and they test you before every show. So there's lots of uh, moving pieces. Like understudies have never gotten so much work Mm -hmm. in their lives as they have during the era of COVID. There's currently a production of Macbeth going on that stars Daniel Craig and Ruth Negga in it. Mm. And this has been closed now three times. Um, <laughs> once, I think, because Daniel Craig tested positive. Um, once because there were, uh, like, uh, there were too many people who tested positive. So they had to sort of, like, cancel it at the last minute. And so now they've, d- like in a desperate attempt to make sure that it doesn't close because it's already closed so much. And the thing is with these shows that have celebrities starring in them, you only have the celebrity lockdown for so long. So it's not like if they shut down for two weeks, Daniel Craig can add two weeks to the end of the slot. It's like, okay, no, those aren't just, those just aren't happening. So I guess this week they were down and all of the understudies and stuff were on stage. So the director of the show came out on stage with a copy of the script and a hand mic to play one of the smaller characters <laughs> just so that they could keep going with the show. And I was oh like, this gosh. is incredible. I am obsessed with the <sighs> weird Broadway shenanigans of like everybody and their mother having to, uh, to be on the stage at any given time. That's very funny. That, that is funny. Were people yeah. charmed by that or were they like, why is this happening? I mean, I don't think it was a main, main role. Yeah. So I think it was sort of just like a funny, random thing. <laughs> but it was, I think, entertaining that, you know, we've gotten to this point. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Hmm, sad. Um, do you have any other news? That's literally the two stories. I mean, I have. just the the only other things that I have, which are both small, is the Barbie movie that Greta oh, Gerwig yes. is directing keeps She's adding growing. cast members to it, and I think this seems like an interesting project to me because we stand Greta Gerwig. We yes. loved the Little Women remake that she did. We both loved Lady Bird. Like, this is a director who we're excited about. We're excited to see what she does. And her and Noah Baumbach, her husband, boyfriend, fiance, I'm not sure what their relationship is now, but like, they are working on this together. He did Marriage Story and has done a bunch of other movies. So, like, mm-hmm. high pedigree of people here working on a movie about Barbie. <laughs> the main it. character, I think, at some point was supposed to be Amy Schumer, but now it's Margot. Robbie, which is two very different energies. Um, Ryan Gosling is going to be in it. But then in the past couple of weeks, they've announced that um, Emma Mackey, who is in Sex Education, is going to be in there. Simu Lee, uh, America Ferrara, Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, like so many different people. And and the lookalike, right? From not not an f- official lookalike, but yeah, the girl yeah. from Ready or Not. Oh, no, I don't think that she's in it yet. I think people oh. are saying that they want her to be in it because then all three of the people who look alike will be in there. Oh. Wait, so who's the other one? The look alike is the girl from Sex Education. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, Margot Robbie and Emma Mackey look exactly alike. Emma Mackey's also from um Death on the Nile. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. A, a famous movie. Yeah, of course. So I don't it's so weird that like Oscar winning director people are handling this and that this cast is like i have no idea what to expect from this project in any way shape or form but i'm excited i feel like it seems fun and it seems like it's gonna be a quirky like weird like weird fun thing 
So I'm I'm excited for it. Maybe I have yeah. too much faith in Greta Gerwig. You know, she's only done the two. Well, maybe she's done three movies. No, she's she's directed two movies. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I loved them a lot. So third time's a charm, honestly. Yeah, I'm excited, uh, optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I have that. Uh, Elon Musk tried to buy Twitter. Uh, it's, it didn't work exactly. You do uh, not want me to go on a rant about that. <laughs> <laughs> 65 hours later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shall we get into love it or hate it then? Sure. But I'm also pulling a, a strings here because I did not, I did not watch or enjoy anything this week, but I did remember that I never talked about um, this movie. I saw a couple weeks ago. At least I don't think so. And I checked the notes and I don't think I talked about it, but um flesh on hulu which is the no Sebastian i want to watch this yeah with the girl <laughs> from normal people yeah yeah and you know these people from the weirdest things isn't she from normal people i didn't see normal people so i don't know but Did I feel you, like do you know her from, I know something, her from else? something else but now not off the top of my head i didn't come prepared with a... it's daisy edgar jones right uh yes and i mean to 100 percent. <laughs> everybody knows her from normal people that's where she became uh famous okay well sebastian stan is there Did too you know her from the movie pond life in 2018 <laughs> is that what you knew her from oh my gosh no she was in a i watched the movie i watched the, the movie because of sebastian stan okay and also because the internet told me to. Oh, um, she's also going to be in the new uh, Mormon Killing Show with oh, Andrew Garfield. Well, there you go. That must be it. That's and where the crawdads sang the movie. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> we never talked about that story. That's a very weird uh, That movie's story. coming out. We'll definitely cover it. Uh, I read the book. But I've avoided the book successfully, Matt. You oh. have to stop dragging me to these. Well, guess what? Like, You're going to have to watch the movie. lit. Oh, Remake. this is not highbrow. This is not highbrow. <laughs> let me tell you, ma'am. Okay, but anyways, Flesh. It's okay. It's a movie starring Sebastian's dad, and it starts out as like this sort of meet cute rom com vibe. Um, but then you start to realize that there's something shady going on with the with the man of the hour with Sebastian Stan. And it is like a very quick movie, very easy to get into and also very creepy as anyone who's ever dated in the modern world. It's just like, it's concerning to realize like how much you don't know about a person before you're trusting, you know, going out, giving them your information, that sort of thing, like knowing where you live, all this sort of stuff. And so I think it works really well as this sort of unsettling, horror like it, it, horror seems like such a strong word but it does get very creepy does get very <laughs> weird and it's fun to watch because it's just like you don't believe where it's going or how far it'll go into it um i don't think it's a perfect film like especially the the final act kind of has some weird pieces at play but and i'm being purposely vague because you said you want to watch it but I yeah. will say that it was very enjoyable and remains high on my list of movies I've seen thus far this year um, and was an easy watch. Like there's no time commitment. Like I think it's a tight 90s sort of movie and everyone in it is doing really good. It's it's like a small low budget E type thing because it's like basically takes place on one set. Um, but there's some fun things happening. And I think it was a interesting take on both the dating genre and sort of the i don't know like uh 
horror what would we call it yeah like horror like <laughs> serial killer starring just, cast uh, members from normal people <laughs> yeah all things considered it's a good watch and i think kind of a sleeper hit that people that people all liked that have yeah, seen it i've so. heard good things i'm excited it's on my to watch list yeah i think it's on hulu or something very yes, easy it's to on access hulu. Um, okay. The movie I saw, which I wonder if you've seen, because I feel like you would like it, is All the Old Knives, which is out on Amazon now, I believe. Okay, no, I haven't watched it, because I love Chris Pine, but sometimes that, like, genre bores me. Yes. So it's Chris Pine looking very... Chris Pine, I must give it to him, is making no effort to look young, which I think is a plus. He has, you know, his salt and pepper beard... He is not, you know, in a desperate attempt to still be 25. Um, So it's him and Tandy Newton from Westworld, who we also love. And the pair of them are uh, people like I I think they're CIA agents or some kind of like maybe they're the British intelligence. I can't remember. But uh, no, I think they're CIA and they are stationed at um, in Vienna like 20 years ago. And there's a plane that gets hijacked on the runway. All of the passengers are taken hostage and everyone in the plane ends up being killed. And so now like 20 years later, the pair of them are like some kind of new information has come out about the attack. And so the two of them are sort of meet back up to sort of suss out the situation and try to figure out what exactly happened and who was the culprit. And so they're, talking to each other but they're also have interviewed the all of the people who used to work at this station with them who are now you know retired or spread out or doing anything so it has the energy of like a jack ryan jack reacher Mm -hmm. sort of um plot line where it's you know espionage and a terrorist attack but the frame story is much more interesting Mm. because it's all these people sort of looking back and trying to un or solve a mystery. So it's much more of a whodunit than like an action film. Mm. And there's not actually that much action in it because the present day narrative is the two of them at a dinner. So you don't, it's not a lot of like running around and stuff. Most of the action takes place in the, uh, flashbacks and even that isn't super actiony and also they used to date or they were dating when this all <laughs> went down originally so there's right. like some sexy romantic tension I found it very interesting and I think the ending really works and yeah. there's a couple twists in there that are compelling for this genre which I think can be really bad and really snoozy mm-hmm. I think that this is really strong and also the performances are really good too so mm-hmm. would recommend okay okay Because I really, we had considered doing that this week, but it just seemed like such a snooze to me. It, it, (laughs) it, it, I feel like it looks more boring than it is. It's all sort of like a gray, like a muted sort of scale. Yeah. And there's, I like the mark. I only saw it because I had to see it for work. I, and I was really like, oh, this is going to be a, you know, whatever, like watch it and immediately forget it sort of situation but it has stayed with me because i saw this maybe a month or so ago and it was i feel like it's pretty uh interesting there's definitely more going on here than you think there's going to be okay perfect well then i'll add it to my watch list for real for real for real 
For real, for real. Okay, well, look at us both recommending <laughs> things that the other person might watch for once. I know. Um, we will be back on Thursday to discuss Turning Red, the Pixar Finally. panda movie that we haven't seen. Or, well, I guess you saw a while ago. I haven't seen it yet, so I need yeah. to watch that. But we really didn't want to watch Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever yeah. the new <laughs> Harry Potter one was. So, so it goes. Yeah, and after telling everyone to watch Everything Everywhere and no one doing it... We figure, okay, fine. We'll do a movie that's been out for six Wait, no months. one watched? What do you mean? Of our listeners. They said they didn't watch yeah, it? Yeah, I pulled them and there's like 90% people said they haven't seen it yet. Who are these people? I know. I've, Send I me their... Ma- I'm going to DM them. Yeah. I'm going to DM them. Put, yeah. Let's dox these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no excuse that you guys haven't seen Turning Red yet. And there's a lot to talk about. So, Yeah, we'll I can't... Ahead. People have been waiting for me to weigh in on... Um, <laughs> female puberty and having a period so i'm excited to discuss that <laughs> it's not really part of it but uh, i'm excited to hear your take no that's what i've heard is the, <laughs> the whole movie it's about bleeding oh shoot uh okay well uh we'll see you guys on thursday and then we'll be back next week bye